the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear faithful, this gospel, which I just read, is, is one of the most beautiful gospels of the entire year. Our Lord, as it were, pleads with us, argues with us, tries to convince us that we should have trust in our Heavenly Father, that our Heavenly Father will take care of everything for us. And how many times do we fail to believe this in our lives? Isn't this the essence of religion? If we say that we're religious and that we serve God, isn't the essence of that having a trusting relationship with God? Well, we believe that if we serve Him, then truly He will take care of us in everything that is most important in our lives. We all understand this intellectually, but how very difficult it is for us to execute that in our daily life. We're so worried about the state of world affairs. We're so worried about our jobs. We're so worried about so many things that are completely out of our control, which our worry does not affect. And I think our Lord knows. He knows very well that we find it really hard to believe that God will take care of us no matter what happens. He knows that we are weak in our faith. And so this is why... When in, this, in the middle of his Sermon on the Mount, he has this compelling address where he gives us so many reasons to finally be convinced that the Heavenly Father will take care of us. So let us listen to our Lord today and be convinced, hopefully be convinced, and then live a life wherein we have a habitual trust of God, and we're able to put aside all of these worldly concerns, this unnecessary worry. Four arguments. There are four arguments that our Lord gives to us in this gospel. First argument. He says, it doesn't make sense to worry about lesser things more than you worry about greater things. It doesn't make sense. Do not be anxious for your life, what you shall eat, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life a greater thing than the food, and the body than the clothing? Isn't the life of your soul the most important thing that you possess, your own soul, because it will live forever? Whereas your clothing is going to go away, your, your, your body's going to go away. Isn't the life of your soul a greater thing to worry about than whether you're going to get COVID or whether you're going to lose your job? You may worry about these things, but you must worry much more about the life of your soul. That is, must be your supreme worry. And it, it turns out that if you're worried about your soul as a supreme worry, then these other things, these other worries, will fade into the background. Second argument, the Heavenly Father takes really good care of the birds. And He loves you more than He loves the birds. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or gather into barns. Yet your Heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you of much more value than they? Our Lord is appealing to you to look at nature, which you know is designed by God that he designed 
every aspect of our universe. And we're supposed to observe, say, what is the life of the birds like? Well, they clearly don't plan. They don't, they, don't, they don't go to the grocery store. They don't put things in the fridge. They're not planning for their, their next feed. They just sort of, there's like, I'm hungry. And they just fly out and they, they find food out there. Um, and so what we observe is that no matter what happens, even when there's a drought or there's a thunderstorm, somehow the birds are able to survive. You don't see them feverishly planning for the future, feverishly worrying. Um, somehow they are able to live a life that's, that's worry-free. They're, they're not obsessing about the future. And don't you think that your Heavenly Father will take care of you if you stop worrying about things that, that you do not have control over? If you simply worry about your soul, don't you think the Heavenly Father will take care of you? Third reason. All of your worry really doesn't help you out. It's kind of fruitless, a lot of your worry. Which of you, by being anxious about it, can add to a stature a single cubit? Are you worried about being short? You're like, I'm so short. I, I really, you know, I really wish I could be taller. Um, and you're, you're worried, you're worried, you're worried about it, what people are going to think about you or how they, they relate to you and so on. But with all your worry, you don't start growing. It doesn't make you get any taller when you're worried about these things. There's nothing you can do about it. But just trust in God that even though he's made you four foot ten, whatever he's made you, <laughs> that your life will be okay. You will still have a very fulfilling life, even though you are the height that you are. Things will work out. You will still be able to achieve the most important thing for you, and that is your eternal salvation, no matter what your height is. And all the worry that you have about your height is not going to make you any taller. And by the way, you're not going to be able to fix a COVID pandemic by worrying about it. You're not going to be able to stop government overreach by worrying about it. You're not going to be able to stop Freemasonic worldwide plots by worrying about it. You're not going to be able to affect any of these things. If you're obsessing about them, spending lots of time on the internet, reading up about them, trying to figure everything out so that you can be informed and what? Worry and do nothing else. Do nothing else. Just waste the time of your life. I mean, you could be spending all that time on much more important things that are actually within your power, especially taking care of your soul. So why don't you just stop worrying about these things that you cannot take care of and just entrust them to God who does have power over these things. Fourth argument of our Lord, where he returns to the, the, the life of nature around us. That the Father takes good, such good care of plants. As for clothing, why are you anxious? Consider how the lilies of the field grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory was arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field which flourishes today, but tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more you, O you of little faith? This argument is really the same as the second argument, where he was talking about the birds. Before he was talking about animals, now he's giving the same argument about plants. It's like what's called an a fortiori argument. It's a comparison. He wants you to be able to make a comparison in your mind. And the comparison is, if you believe X is true, then you have much more reason to believe that Y is true. It's easier to believe Y than it is to believe X. But you believe X. 
So you should definitely believe why. You believe that God takes care of the birds. You believe that God takes care of the lilies of the field. Well, it's much easier for you to believe that God will take care of you. Because you understand that you're much more important than those things. You see that lilies are just plants. And how they don't really do anything. They just sit there. Plants just sit there. They do nothing for their whole existence. They just sort of soak in the rays of the sun. Yet God gives them such beautiful clothing. They, they are dazzling to the eyes in their beauty. He takes wonderful care of them, even when they're not even making a, an effort to take care of themselves. How much more will he take care of you? It's interesting for us to see how our Lord does not teach these things. But he also required that his disciples live according to his teaching. Remember when our Lord sent out his apostles to go preach what he told them. It seems crazy. The way, the, the way he told them to go out seems very impractical and crazy. He says to them, don't take anything for your journey. Don't take a staff. Don't take a script. No bread. No money. No, do not take two coats. Don't even take a change of clothing when you go out to preach the gospel. He wants to make sure that he teaches his apostles and makes them live this reliance upon the providence of God. Now, I'm not recommending that you don't go to the grocery store. I'm not recommending that you don't have a change of clothes. I'm just trying to indicate to you this spirit of our Lord wherein we are detached from material things. Another part of the Sermon on the Mount, he, he has another very extraordinary thing that he tells us. He asks us to let people take our stuff. If somebody wants your stuff, let them have it, and then even give them more of your stuff than they wanted. If him that takes away from thee thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. Oh, you want my jacket? Well, I've also got a coat. Did you want my coat as well? You know, if they're, if they're robbing your house. Give to everyone that asks thee. And of him that takes away thy goods, do not ask them back. Someone borrows something of yours, and then you say, well, they can just have it. Again, I mean, you have to be prudent in your life. Although it's not saying that you don't be prudent. Don't, don't take care of your earthly possessions. But he's setting for you a spirit an attitude towards material things. They don't really matter. The main thing that matters is your soul. Then there is one last remark of our Lord, which almost works like a fifth argument. He says, if you take care of your duties to God, if you seek the good of your soul over that of your body, then you will be given both the good of your soul and the good of your body. All those things that you are worrying about and you could not achieve by your own power, you actually will achieve them if you worry about your soul. If you stop worrying about them and you start worrying about your soul, you will actually get them. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his justice, and all these things shall be given to you besides. So let's take an example of how true are the words of our Lord. Look at people who are obsessed with their health. People that are popping vitamins all the time. They're working out. They're checking their blood pressure. They're so concerned about the state of their body. What happens to them over time? Well, eventually, as happens to all of us, they die. 
that no matter what they do, no matter how many vitamins they take, eventually they drop dead. And then because they're focused completely on their body and they're not focused on their soul, what happens? They lose their soul. Their soul goes to hell. And then the last judgment comes. They get their bodies back. And their body that they get back is down in hell with them. And it's like a corpse. Their body is much worse than it ever was here on this earth. Because they, they're no longer able to move it. They're no, it will no longer cooperate with their soul. And so they spend eternity with a body that's, that's completely messed up because they were so focused on the body during their life. But what about those who were focused on their soul and were not so focused on the goods of their body? They weren't hyper hypochondriac. They weren't, they weren't hyper-worried about the, the state of their health, but were worried about the health of their soul and their eternal salvation. Well, they go through life, and of course they die as well. They lose their bodies as well. But their soul is alive, and their soul lives on forever. They get a, a soul that is glorified by the vision of God. Then the last judgment comes. They get their body back, and what happens to their body? Their body is glorified by God. Their body is put in a situation where they are forever healthy. They never get sick. They're, they're like the perfect age. You're like 33 or 27 or whatever you think the perfect age is for all eternity. They have the best body ever, much better than they ever had on this earth. So they both get the, the health of their soul and their health of their body for all eternity because they were seeking first the kingdom of God and his justice. They were given everything. So my dear people, we must sincerely ask ourselves whether we truly believe that God will take care of us in this life. And I'm not talking about we believe it sometimes, we just believe it on Sunday when we're at Mass, somebody's preaching at us, or, or we believe it when we have this movement of fervor, perhaps certain times um, when, when, when we're praying. I'm saying, is this a constant disposition of our soul that I believe that God will take care of me no matter what. I want to give you three questions so you can examine yourself on the strength of your faith. Whether you have this disposition or you do not have this disposition. The first question is, when you have a worry, what is your first impulse? Is your first impulse to go on to Google and obtain some more information? Is your first impulse to go to somebody and, and say, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. This is so horrible. Or is your first impulse to turn to God and trust that thing to the Heavenly Father and make this act of faith that no matter what happens, things will work out for the best? The second question is, it's related to the first. How long does it take for you to have recourse to prayer? When you have that worry hit you, does it take a couple of hours? When, when do you say to yourself, I really need to pray about this? Do you ever reach that point where you say, I really need to pray about this? Third question. Once you do have recourse to God in prayer, how long does it take for your worry to come back? You entrust things to God, but did you really entrust things to Him? Did you really think that, well... I've left it in God's hands, so now it's done. I really don't have to have recourse to this worry again. Those worries come back obsessively. 
If so, again, you don't have that disposition of a deep faith in the providence of God. So what I want to happen is that you go back home today truly believing that God will take care of your interests. No matter what happens in your life, no matter what happens in the world, no matter what happens in the United States, no matter what happens with your family, no matter what happens with your health, whatever may happen, God will make sure that you will truly be happy forever, for all eternity, if you seek God in the interest of your soul in this life. You have to believe that. Um, think about Our Lady. She was a mother of sorrows. But she was not a mother of anxiety, of hysteria, of worries. She left everything in the hands of God when she could not find a place to, to give birth in Bethlehem. She left everything in the hands of God when she was fleeing on the road to Egypt. And she definitely left everything in the hands of God when she was standing at the foot of the cross, seeing her son die. We must have that same disposition. We must ask her for that same disposition today. When we have this beautiful gospel, God will take care of you if you look after your soul. You have to believe that. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.